Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to In Process Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Leslie Rogers, and I am very excited for today. Today is a very special day. I encourage you, if you have not already um, subscribed to this podcast, like, shared it, tagged your friends. Today, you want to invite a friend. This will be an amazing episode. And I I really want to stop talking very soon because I just believe like God is going to speak in a really mighty way. We have a phenomenal guest. He is incredible. You all may um, know him and he is uh, very dear to my heart. His name is Pastor Sean Douglas Marshall and he is um, brilliant. So I'm going to bring him up and then I'm going to read his bio, but welcome Pastor Sean Marshall. Hey. That's you. You got the bribery check. That's so great. You, you read everything I told you to say. It must mean the check was cash. It's so good to be with you, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am so glad that you are here, Pastor Sean. And for those who may not know, I do want to read your bio, um, which I'm sure you will thoroughly enjoy uh, as I read this bio. <laughs> so Pastor Sean Marshall is a pastor. He is a consultant. He is a speaker and founder of Manifest Network. And that is a movement helping people to be, do, and live the life they were created to live. He also leads Navigate Consulting. It is a global firm providing solutions that move leaders from here to there. He has experience as a senior pastor, denomination executive, and trainer working with leaders to strengthen churches, build movements, and transform communities. Sean and his wife, Veronica, are raising their daughter, Sage, in Chicago. You all, Pastor Sean Douglas Marshall. He's also the author of Transition Decisions. If you have not already purchased it, you really need to purchase it. This needs to be in your library just your life library. Like, you know, that there are some books that you just need to buy for your life. This is the book. We'll talk more about that in this episode. Um, but Pastor Sean Marshall, welcome, 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 welcome. Um, so for those of y'all who do not know, uh, I do not remember the first time I met Pastor Sean Marshall. I was nine years old in the House of Peace bookstore <laughs> when I'm assuming uh, that we were around the House of Peace bookstore staff. So shout out to them. And I remember um, briefly coming downstairs with you and Marlon making tapes. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm learning together. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, but I said that to say that it's it's funny how um, I'm 31. So <laughs> uh, years later, um, how God has um, blessed you and how God has really um, multiplied your ministry across the years. So Pastor Sean, I want to talk about today um, a lot. And I think uh, primarily I want to cover transition and trauma, transition and trauma. And I really believe that we are in a really um, important time as we just uh, entered into the month of April of 2022. And we've been through a lot um, yeah. as um, just humans, just yeah. humans. We've been through collective trauma and not even to think about our own individual trauma um, there's so many people writing articles on the great resignation and how so many people are leaving their jobs and people are really thinking, um, I don't know if this happened with you, Pastor Sean, but this happened with me where when the pandemic hit and I worked from home for a year, I was like, this is nice. Like, <laughs> like you know, I'm making lunch and breakfast and, you know, it was just things I was caring for myself in a way that I would have never cared for myself working every day in the office, nine to five. And um, it, it just made me pause, the pandemic, the lockdown. It made me pause in a way that, yeah, I just would have never imagined. Um, so fast forward to, um, I think it was earlier this week, last week, this week, uh, before the Oscars, I'm sitting on my couch watching the news and I see a split screen of one side is 
anticipating the Oscars, what's all going to happen. The other side, Pastor Sean, is um, Ukrainian soldiers um, showing how they're preparing and they're defending for their country. And I was just staring at the screen like, how are we okay watching this and being in this um, environment where we're constantly bombarded with violence and with um, death and with transition, like how are we okay? And I, I just believe we're not okay. I think it's, it's gonna take a while for us to become okay uh, with mm-hmm. everything we've been through within the last two years. But I just would love to hear your perspective on on what what do you think the last two years has been like for us in mm-hmm. terms of transition and in terms of trauma? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And again, thank you for having me on the In Process podcast. I'm honored. And um, I, I think that the, the marker of a split screen hmm. is a really interesting analogy because I feel like for the last two years, we have developed sort of the split screen view of life. And hmm. one screen was sort of how we um, have pretended that it is, you know, we've been able to get away with manipulating mm-hmm. our own, um, the the realities that we sit in front of us, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, Oscars and, you know, let's all work hard, you know, let's make mm-hmm. the world run, you know, let's put mm-hmm. together our social media profiles and let people see the life we want them to see. Mm-hmm. And um, then all of a sudden comes a pandemic. Then uh, comes a political turmoil, a, mm-hmm. a season of political turmoil, unlike any I have seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, to talk to my mom who grew up in the '60s, you know, in the '70s, to hear her say that this is unlike anything that she's experienced, right? Um, from social injustice to George Floyd. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then now Ukraine and, you know, speaking of the Oscars, you know, the slap scene around the world and mm-hmm. some people, you know, a million different perspectives on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which, you know, forces us to contend with a lot of things that we really don't want to look at. Mm-hmm. So there's the way that we want to see the world and there's the way that the world is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being confronted with the violence, being confronted with the drop, the trauma, I think that split screen is making us make a choice. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone's seen Encanto, um, I've seen it maybe 1,100 times. <laughs> My daughter's going to be five in a few weeks. So I've seen it at least 1,100 times. Um, but there's a song in Encanto, Waiting on a Miracle, and there's mm-hmm. a line in the song. And this is the turning point of the story where the main character goes, I'm not fine. Mm. I'm not fine. Mm-hmm. And I think it's bringing us to a moment where we have to ask ourselves, are we really okay with continuing to fake it until we make it? Are we really okay with pretending like everything's fine when it's not? Are we really okay with pretending like all this violence and all this trauma and all these issues and situations are present when they really are? And are we are we ready to contend with the way that they impact us? So it's it's presenting us with a moment where we have to choose, you know, are we going to continue to choose pretension or are we going to mm-hmm. choose transformation? Mm-hmm. So yeah, are we are we going to continue to choose pretension? And as you as you mentioned uh, that song, you know, what song started playing in my head is uh, we don't talk about Bruno. Is that how right, it goes? Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I, that song to me is so spiritual, and, mm-hmm. and the whole movie is because, mm-hmm. um, as you're as you're speaking, there are so many things that, even as Black people, we've decided implicitly that we don't talk about it. I mean, we you know right. we have some family members who explicitly like we about to talk about that, but there are some things within our community as Black people as a Black church that we have decided that we are not going to talk about um, that being mental health, that being shame, that being transition, um, that being trauma. And so, uh, Pastor Sean, um, 
I am wondering how do we um, theologically understand these things? Because mm -hmm. I, I think that um, theologically we, and I just say we in terms of the Big C Church, I'm not condemning anybody, but I don't think mm -hmm. we have had um, a theology around our trauma and what God says about our trauma and how God responds to our trauma. And, you know, we, we've reached a point where we can't just dance it away and praise it away and shout it right. away. Like, it's like, okay, I'm depressed. So now what, you right. know? And so, um, I'm just wondering theologically, how do we process this? Yeah. You know, I love Romans eight, you know, where it says Romans, you know, um, what shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or mm -hmm. peril or famine or nakedness mm -hmm. or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So we love to make songs about the more than conquerors part. Mm. We are conquerors. Yeah, that's my thing. <laughs> that, Kirk Franklin? But... But you don't become more than a conqueror without having to contend with something to conquer. And, you know, more mm -hmm. often than not, the Bible actually names a lot of stuff that we go through. Mm -hmm. So I think part of the theological um, dysfunction that we have to deconstruct and unpack is this notion that we become Christians and then all problems and trials just magically kind of go away. Mm -hmm. Or we are, you know, because the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous running and are safe that we don't yet still see things if the bible speaks about us overcoming tribulation there's probably going to be some tribulation mm -hmm. if it speaks about peril there's probably going to be peril or famine or nakedness so those are social problems those are issues in the world those are issues on a personal level on a societal level mm -hmm. and so what the scriptures are telling us is no it's not that our faith makes them go away it's that our faith brings us through Mm -hmm. And so we've got to develop a both a theology and a praxis that allows people to, number one, wrestle honestly with naming mm -hmm. the tribulations that they have experienced and mm -hmm. the peril that they have experienced and the perils that they are experiencing. And when we do that, we have to be faithful in doing so and recognize that that's countercultural, mm -hmm. that everything about the way that our country and our society is set up is you know the pursuit of happiness and the american dream and you know mm -hmm. i'm gonna get my blessing my breakthrough my and and that's you know the way that life is supposed to be mm -hmm. um, so we we have to you know first peter you know after you have suffered a while mm -hmm. you know so we have to contend with that we have to look at the bible narrative and see characters in the bible who experienced violence mm -hmm. we have to look at people in the Bible who experienced rape and molestation, mm -hmm. name those things and not pretend like they're not in the Bible. We have to look at whole nations that were conquered by other nations. We have to look at the fact that there's war in the scriptures and, and extrapolate what that means and really exegete that into our current context and find out, okay, so what is God up to in oppression? What is God up to in tribulation? What is God up to in peril? What is God up to in trauma? And how does God, uh, working through the scriptures, working through the spirit, working through the, the finished work of Jesus, how does God redeem that mm -hmm. and enable us to recover? Because mm -hmm. we can't recover from anything that we're not willing to name and to recognize. And, you know, I think, Pastor Sean, what you are saying, it fits, it it. It, it doesn't fit. It goes um, the, directly the opposite direction of how we have been socialized to do. Um, so I remember at eighth grade, we took a trip to Springfield and I believe he was a senator at that point, Senator Neil Jones. He said, mm -hmm. what do you want to do when you grow up? Uh, right. he, he asked me that question and I remember telling him, I don't know. And, you know, my mama was mad, like, girl, how you going to tell the senator you in Springfield? How you going to tell him you don't know? Um, but I think that question is something that we have rested our identity in. We have built our entire lives on what will we do, you right. know? 
And, and what you are getting at in terms of theology and trauma and recognition is who we will be. And right. this is why um, I love Manifest Network so much because Manifest Network exists to help people be who God has created them to be. And, right. and that being, we, we can't just do without having that foundation right. and living into right. being with Christ. And so, um, Pastor Sean, um, I get to work with you at Manifest, which is incredible, right? It's an honor, a joy. And one of the things um, that we have been doing for like the last month is recovery Bible study. And so I would love for you to tell our listeners about how do we get to recovery Bible study? How did, you know, God put this on your heart? I would love for you to share that. Sure. Well, <clears throat> let me start with the easy stuff first. You can go to manifestnetwork.org. Yeah. And you'll get all of the information there about how to um, join us. We are doing that on Tuesday nights. And uh, so you can find that information there to learn how to plug in with that and what Tuesday nights and how we're, we're doing that. Um, yeah. So I think what we I think when we try to ironically, <laughs> uh, there was a quote ironically, Will Smith, um, I shouldn't say ironically, because it's it's brilliant and true. He said this a few months ago. He said, you can't perform your way out of your trauma. Mm. And I think when you talk about doing and what are we doing and, and activity and, you know, all that, I think that's what our society sets us up to do. And the thing is, is that when we can courageously name and embrace some of the things that we've gone through and are going through, those things actually give us information about who we've been formed to be. Hmm. The, the example that I will give is, you know, David in first Samuel, when he says, I'm going to go, I want to fight Goliath. The King Saul asked him, well, what makes you think you can take on this giant? If we, the soldiers and the King are over here, you know, hiding like punks in the trench. And so David refers back to, when a lion comes to try to steal one of his sheep and how he fights the lion gets his sheep back he mm -hmm. refers also back to when a bear came and he fought the bear and he was able to recover his sheep and i you know and it never occurred to me that those had to be like traumatic events mm -hmm. here it is you're a little boy and you know you're shepherding sheep that's what your family told you to do and all of a sudden this lion comes up and now you got to figure out what you're gonna do with the lion wow and then you got to figure out what you, how many people live to tell, oh, yeah, this time when that bear came story. Who, who, <laughs> who, who has those kind of stories? So these are traumatic events. But mm -hmm. part of what informed David about what he could do when he was standing in front of something bigger than him was how he had come to recognize the way that the Lord worked through his past traumatic mm -hmm. events. Mm-hmm. So the epiphany that we had as a team was, mm -hmm. you know, these last past few years, we've been through hell. Can mm -hmm. I say hell on the in-process? <laughs> yes. Yes. We've been through hell. I mean, this has been a traumatic experience for a lot of us. Mm -hmm. I'm separated from my families, um, separated mm -hmm. from the way we know life, no socializing, worrying about who's going to get this virus. Are they going to die? Am I going to die? You know, what will the world look like? Um, mm -hmm. All kinds of things happening around us. And we're sitting at home, you know, and now it's triggering stuff that we've already been through. Mm -hmm. And so um, now that the world is opening back up and we're ready to start pretending like COVID has somehow mysteriously disappeared from the earth. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Everything is about, okay, let's get back to normal. And, you know, let's go back to the restaurants again and let's go shopping again. You know, we can do it again like the Roaring Twenties. This is the new Roaring Twenties. Mm -hmm. Same thing happened 100 years ago. America's built back better, stronger, faster. Come on, uh, you know, uh, bounce back. Don't just bounce back, bounce forward. Yeah. End your year strong. Start your year strong. And it's all these really toxic messages that make people feel like they can't catch their doggone breath. Mm. and really finish get some time to process so the mm. whole goal of the recovery the time to process spiritually theologically emotionally what they've been through not just in the past two years but in the past two years in the context of the traumas and the tribulations of their life mm -hmm. 
so that they can see more clearly how the Lord has been at work in their story so that they can recover and realize who they've been called to be in this moment that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Pastor Sean, we've been we've been talking about the terms trauma. Um, can you define what trauma is? Because I think sometimes we think that trauma has to be, we have these frameworks for how trauma is. And I think those sometimes can um, prevent us from naming our own trauma. So could you please share what your definition of trauma is? Absolutely. Um, so trauma comes from, uh, it means wound and it comes from Greek antiquity. It's a, it's a word that identifies a range of meanings that could include being severely hurt, physical wounds, defeats, um, psychological wounds. Um, the way we understand trauma uh, in mental health today is as a deeply distressing or disturbing event or experience that overwhelms a person and limits their ability to cope. And hmm. uh, another note about trauma is it's not just the event, it's the way that you experience the event. Hmm. So, you know, for example, um, my wife and I have both been in car accidents and, um, but there's a way in which, you know, I've experienced accidents differently than she has. And so, um, you know, when you, when you unpack that, you can look and see that we respond differently to certain situations, right? Mm -hmm. So two people can go through the same exact event. Mm -hmm. and walk away believing totally different things, feeling totally different things, mm -hmm. having totally different limitations, because it's not just the event. It's how you experience the event, how the event marks you, how the experience um, limits you, how it transforms you, how it changes you, how it wounds you. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, it then becomes a limitation. It hinders our ability to be present, hinders our ability to fully show up, hinders our ability to cope. Mm -hmm. um successfully um so that's that's how we would tend to understand and talk about trauma mm -hmm. thank you so much pastor sean and so you know for our listeners who may be um trying to figure out like what is a sign that i am not okay what what are some ways that i can um discern like am i able to fully function how would how would you uh, lead them in that Yes, good. And we talked about this in the recovery Bible study. So um, what I love about this recovery Bible study is a very um, non-traditional kind of space mm -hmm. um, because we're we're understanding things with a biblical lens, but we're also looking at our whole person. Bible mm -hmm. uh, says, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, um, pray that um, may the God of peace sanctify you, spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we... Um, we it makes sense to us to come to church and be sanctified in our spirit but not be sanctified or transformed or to grow or to heal or to change in our soul or in our body or in our physical states mm -hmm. um so we talked about seven signs that you may be dealing with some unresolved trauma first one is hyper independence um, and these are seven examples. There may be many more that people have experienced that they could name, but some examples would be one is hyper hyper independence. Mm -hmm. Hyper independence is the person who says, you know, I'm fine. I'm good. I got it. You know, this person who comes in the house with 20 grocery bags, one, because they don't want to make two trips, but also because they really don't want to admit that they need help. Mm -hmm. um, because the hyper independent person has broken trust mm -hmm. and it's the fear of being let down and disappointed that makes them try to shoulder more than they can really shoulder. Mm -hmm. Okay, So I don't know if my needs are valid. And so since I don't know if my needs are valid or will be met, I won't express them. A mm. uh, second mm -hmm. type is a uh, sign that, that you're dealing with unresolved trauma is not just hyper-independence, number one, but codependency. Mm -hmm. That's the person who over-attaches due to um, trauma. And this is really when we look at relationships or connections to provide us with things that we should really be able to accommodate within ourselves. So mm -hmm. um, it's a way of avoiding the feeling of abandonment. Mm -hmm. um, it's a way of enmeshing ourselves and not really knowing where someone ends and another person begins. 
So this is the person that gets disappointed because you decided to take a trip without them. Mm. Like, You're not my hip, you know, I'm a whole mm -hmm. other person. Mm -hmm. um, but they really view their validity in the world through their connectedness to you. Mm. Um, so that's yeah. codependency. I can't exist without a connection. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the third one is over-functioning and overworking. Mm -hmm. So this is the person who finds, uh, who lacks safety in being, so they find safety in doing. Mm -hmm. And they're soothed in their, they're soothed in their doing. So they overperform, overproduce, mm -hmm. um, because they can't rest. Mm -hmm. Because to rest is to be unsafe, and so the work is an avoidance of whatever lies beneath. Mm -hmm. um, the fifth uh, sign is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of related to overworking and overfunctioning, but it goes deeper. So the perfectionist is the person who needs to very carefully manage um, the way the world perceives them, because if there's any um, flaw, any error, mm -hmm. they feel invalid and unworthy. Mm. So if they're confronted with a mistake or if they're confronted with something they didn't do correctly, it's deeply disruptive to their ego because the ego says, well, if you're not perfect, if you're not right, then you're not worthy of love or connection. Mm, mm -hmm. So they spend time trying to fix what's outward because they, they there's something that I can't fix inward. Mm -hmm. um, number five, sorry, is that was four. Number five is addiction. And addiction is, addiction is this. Addiction is what happens when we use anything whether it's a substance or an activity to replace healthy attachment. Mm -hmm. When we use any substance or any activity, any behavior, any habit takes the place of a healthy attachment or healthy presence. Mm -hmm. And so when we understand that that's what addiction is doing, when we're grabbing onto something because we can't connect to people, we can't share pain or because we have needs that we feel like we can't get met in healthy ways or because we, um, have experiences that we can't process in healthy ways. We understand that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It's not letting go of the substance or the behavior. The opposite of addiction is really healthy attachment and connection. Mm -hmm. um, so there are a lot of people who are addicted, not just to drugs or to alcohol or to sexual behaviors. There are people who are addicted to ministry, mm -hmm. who are addicted to, I've been there, right? Mm -hmm. it's addicted to performance, addicted to validation. Uh, because that gives us the positive attention that we would not otherwise receive. Mm. Um, another mm. sign is anxiety, right? And there's there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, working with a clinician, like a professional therapist, licensed counselor to really diagnose, you know, clinically whether or not you're battling with anxiety because there's chemical factors or spiritual factors there are psychosocial factors into that. And so I don't qualify myself to be somebody that, you know, so that's the disclaimer. So don't hear this and then self-diagnose you. I'm not diagnosing you. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we're dealing with anxiety that's come as a result of trauma, um, that we're still reconciling, um, there can be deep fear. There can be distrust. There can be an inability to rest, an ability, inab inability to enjoy um, without constantly worrying or thinking fatalistic thoughts. Mm. And then seven is there's disengagement and detachment. Mm -hmm. So this is the person who just withdraws from everything. Mm -hmm. um, they don't feel safe in connection. They don't feel safe around other people. So they disengage from work and from relationships, from hobbies and things that you used to love. You don't feel a passionate in or anything. So um, the detached person is often the person that's called maybe lazy or careless, mm -hmm. um, but really what it is, is um, I'm not passionate about things because I'm afraid uh, to be passionate. I'm afraid to be connected. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to be present because mm -hmm. I don't want to relive the fear of losing something that I love or being passionate about something and experiencing a traumatic event as a result of it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. those, are some of, those are seven signs that we talk about that you might be dealing with some unresolved trauma. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Pastor Shaw, thank you um, so much for sharing that. And for those of you all who are like, I want to learn more and I want to go deeper in this, 
join our Bible study. It's virtual. It's on Zoom, manifestnetwork.org. Um, but Pastor Sean, as you were speaking, the other thing I want to say as well is when we when you shared this in the Bible study, one of the things you mentioned um, were memories. And as you speak about those seven different signs, I just want to encourage our listeners to really, you know, um, start with God. That's something you said as well, Pastor Sean, mm-hmm. with these signs is when you're listening to really invite the Holy Spirit into where am I, God? You know, where where am I? And just um, to really like lay down our defenses with God and to mm-hmm. let him search our hearts for where we may fall. And, you know, sometimes, you know, like, I, I can see myself in all of them. I'm like, Lord, you know, and, and, and that's why we have to start with God yeah. <laughs> in, in this. Um, but Pastor Sean, as you were speaking, I was thinking about how fear can really, um, the spirit of fear can really paralyze us. And I was thinking about, um, you know, we always quote the scripture, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, um, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, you know, in context, you know, Paul was writing that to Timothy, like, come on, like, right. <laughs> like right. you know, like he was, right. he was, he was telling him, like, you got to yeah. finish your assignment, like, bro, right. like, right. you know, and so um, I, I'm wondering um, spiritually, as we enter into these conversations, my sense is that there is a lot of fear in these yeah. conversations, fear of how we've been taught to think about um, these issues of trauma, fear of even allowing ourselves to, for those memories to come up, Absolutely. to look in those memories, you know, fear of like, what my friends and my family going to say? If I say I'm going to therapy, they going to be like, girl, you, you need some, you know, it's, it's going to be judgment there. And so I'm just wondering, can you address, um, yeah, just that, that sense of fear that our listeners may have at this point? Yeah. Yeah. And, and fear is real. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a, a lot of times we're guilty of, um, uh, using the word of God, uh, weaponizing the word against our true feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you named the context that Paul was speaking to Timothy in. He's like, take authority over the assignment mm-hmm. that you've been given, like stand strong in what, you know, Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are things in life that are scary because they're scary. And before we can heal, we have to be able to name, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm afraid. And that you're not unspiritual because you have fear. Mm-hmm. It means that the thing that you're getting ready to engage with is weighty and heavy. And you need the help of God and people to to engage with that thing. But I think mm-hmm. how do you deal with it? How do you resolve it? How do you confront it? Is you got to at some point ask yourself the question, um, am I okay with the life that I'm living? Mm-hmm. Am, am I going to continue to allow fear to cause me to live a life that's less than the one that God invites me to live? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in the Bible study, we talk about faking it until you make it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the question really is, is that what if this is an opportunity for you to actually make it? Mm. Mm-hmm. How long do you keep faking it until you make it? I mean, we've all done it. We've all, you know, done things, you know, in spite of how we felt about it. We've all tried to press our way through. So how long do you press your way through until you actually come through? Mm. And so what if what if this whole experience that we've collectively shared, this collective dark moment, has been an opportunity for us to reconcile whatever we need to reconcile so that we can stop faking it and actually make it. Mm-hmm. So if that is the opportunity that is before us, then we have to make the decision that whatever the fear is, whatever the shame is, cannot be great enough to keep me from mm-hmm. living the life that God might be inviting me to live on the other side of this healing on the other side of true deliverance, mm-hmm. on the other side of true transformation where I can tell the story of how I made it over. You ain't got to wait until, what if we don't have to wait until heaven mm. to tell the story of mm. how we made it over? What if we can tell 
a story of how we made it over a trauma or through a trauma still carry that story with us but not in such a way that it controls us but that in a way that it informs us of who we are now mm-hmm. so at the end of joseph's life and we'll talk about this more in in the series but at the end of joseph's well the end of joseph's story not the end of his yeah. life mm-hmm. the end of his story his brothers come to him and they say you still mad at us for throwing you in that pit <laughs> I think they had some fear. I think they had some fear. They had some fear. They they weren't sorry. The text says, Joseph, you know, dad's dead. He might be trying to get us back now. (laughs) They had some fear. It wasn't reconciliation. It was like, let's cover our minds. (laughs) And so they go to him and they go, hey, you still feeling some kind of way about that? You know, and Joseph goes, you what you meant for evil the lord meant it for not for my good mm-hmm. but for mm-hmm. the good even mm-hmm. for the salvation of many yeah so mm-hmm. joseph had learned how to tell his story mm-hmm. and he had reconciled it right yeah. so no i didn't like it mm-hmm. i didn't enjoy it it didn't feel good but i've been able to reconcile it that in spite of what happened i'm not in the place of god Mm -hmm. God has sovereignly worked through my life Mm -hmm. to turn all of this to the benefit, not just for me, because he brought me through it, but where he brought me through it has allowed me to help so many other people. So Mm -hmm. no, I'm good. good. Mm -hmm. So we have to decide that getting to the point where we can be like Joseph and saying, it it wasn't right, but it's okay because Mm -hmm. what the Lord did has to be greater than sitting on the other side of it in fear or sitting on the other side of it mm-hmm. in shame and allowing the perceptions of people mm-hmm. to shut us out from the promise of God. Mm-hmm. 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 You all, um, y'all can cash at Manifest Network uh, because <laughs> Pastor Sean is preaching Preaching, preaching, preaching. Um, and Pastor Sean, as you speak about this, um, I think about your book, Transition Decisions. Because when you make this decision to say, okay, what if I actually make it? Like, what if God, like, what if I'm going to go all the way with God this time? Like, what if I'm going to start the business? What if I'm going to start the consultant firm? What if I'm going to, you know, pursue children, having children, whatever that that next mm-hmm. thing is, despite mm-hmm. my own trauma, despite my own story, um, that you you enter into transition. Absolutely. And, you know, you tell the story um, at the beginning of your book about when your mom said, um, I don't know if I'm getting the, the quote exactly right, but your mom said, we can't stay here. Like, <laughs> we, we can't stay here. <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah. and some of our listeners have to get that in that spirit, in their That's spirit, it. like wherever they may be, that I can't stay here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, Pastor Sean, I, and I, I um, trusted because you wrote this book, you can explain transition and change because I feel like I'm going to mess it up. So, explain the difference between transition and sure. change. You know, um, there's some changes that happen to us that we want, right? So, we pray for a door to open for a job, and it does. Mm-hmm. Um, we pray for a promotion and it does. We pray for him to finally get up enough sense to propose and recognize what he's going to miss out if he keep on waiting. And he does. He pops yeah. the question, gets the ring. And so those are things that we want to happen. And then there are changes that we don't want to happen. The loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, um, a traumatic event or experience. And so what we realize is that change happens when we want it to change happens when we don't want it to. In fact, my, there's a story in there. My grandmother basically tells me that um, there are two constants in the world is God and change. Mm. Change does what it wants, when it wants and how it wants. So mm-hmm. um, we cannot control change, but we can control how we respond. Mm-hmm. So change is what happens. Transition is how we respond when change happens. Transition is the decision to actually process through the change until we can move from here to there. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that is transition. And so when I wrote the book, I wanted to give people a thought process for how they can respond when changes happen, whether they are changes that they hope for 
dreamed of, planned for, or whether those are changes that have come to them unexpectedly and undesirably. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So change what happens to us, but transition is how we respond. Yeah. And and I remember asking you this question when I was going through multiple <laughs> transitions and changes. Mm -hmm. uh, can transition happen before change happens? And you're like, oh, absolutely. And so yeah. there was months of me knowing, oh, I'm in transition before mm -hmm. I knew whatever changes, mm -hmm. whatever happened. And, you know, I, I think uh, I, I want to conclude and, and bring us home here, but I would love for you to share, Pastor Sean, about um, just how spiritually when we are in transition, we are in a really different place that yeah. can be really um, disorienting. Um, yes. It can be like, what's happening? You know, you yeah. can walk yeah. into work and I, I don't know if you said this when I said this, but you can walk into work and before you love the carpet, you love the paint, you love uh, the smell of coffee on the left. And, and then all of a sudden something just happens and it's like, this carpet needs to be changed. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, why, why they mm -hmm. ain't the building in five years? Yep. And, and, and I think, you know, we we give ourselves too credit, so too, too much credit. We're like, what's wrong with it? But we are in transition. And right. I, I think spiritually, um, it can maybe be described as even a desert experience. And yeah. so um, please, please share with our listeners just about what they may be experiencing. Some of our listeners may be in a transition within their careers, within mm -hmm. school, um, even wrestling with, you know, being uh, called to ministry and, and what that experience can be like. Yeah. Yeah. You said it very well. I mean, it's something happens in you before something happens around you. Mm -hmm. um, you look up one day and there's a strange unsettling. There's a mm -hmm. strange disorientation. What you've come to accept as normal somehow doesn't feel right anymore. Mm. You know, um, what you've come to embrace as the way you live for some reason is now um, something that you, you don't feel like you can hold on to. Mm -hmm. Um, so nothing has happened. You know, you just maybe got a, I've had this, you've, you got a rave performance review, you mm -hmm. know, folks on your job, love you. Your boss sings your praises, gives you a raise. Your team is happy to be on your team and you sit down at your desk and you look around and you go so, without even really understanding why you have this moment where you go, I, I can't stay here mm. and mm. nothing could have shifted externally, but the shift is in you. Mm -hmm. What happened is your soul has begun to receive a prompting. Mm. It's like, it's the same as when your GPS, if you've ever been on the expressway, your GPS might tell you two miles from the exit in two miles, you know, take the exit on the right, you know, the notification happens before the exit comes mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the, 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 the signal to shift is not necessarily the shift itself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, mm -hmm. your internal GPS, your spirit begins to pick up on there's an exit coming. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it shifts your emotions. Sometimes it shifts your awareness. Sometimes you have a shift and, um, gifts begin to awaken in you that maybe were dormant before. Mm -hmm. Desires are more apparent to you that, than they were before. Um, you start to feel this sense of angst and apprehension um, that just is, you know, the, the, the grace of discomfort. I've come to recognize that discomfort is a grace mm -hmm. um, in transition mm -hmm. um, because sometimes um, we will, our, our comfort is misleading. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you start feeling the discomfort and the angst of anticipating a change, mm -hmm. um, that is God letting your spirit know to get ready. Or as Bishop Jackson said, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> and it's a grace. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you, you, you have to lean in. You have to begin to pray into it 
you have to begin to become self-reflective and self-aware. Mm -hmm. um, you have to begin to uh, talk about it in the book, acknowledge the prompting. Mm -hmm. Don't try to fight it away. Mm -hmm. Don't pretend it's not there. Mm -hmm. Don't ignore it. I can tell you some stories about my from my life where I tried to ignore it and it gets louder. <laughs> um, and when you're in that space, sometimes it happens internally through some sense or angst. Sometimes it happens suddenly by an event. Mm -hmm. And either way it goes, you now have to enter into a grieving process because all trends begin with an ending. Mm -hmm. And it's counterintuitive. And I've learned that this is why the Bible says better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. Part of the reason is because God begins with endings. Mm. And so mm -hmm. when God is opening up a new door, he's closing the old door. When God is preparing another place, he's wrapping up the previous place. Mm -hmm. So you have to process through that grief, process through that ending, process through the disorientation, the discomfort, and just receive it as, all right, this is just transition. Mm -hmm. um, I might not be able to understand it. I might not be able to explain it. I might not be able to name it. Um, but, you know, there's the old song, hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. The old saints were a whole lot smarter than we. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. in those moments of transition, you hold on to what you know as you discover what you don't know. Mm. and mm -hmm. a life is filled with swift transition right but mm -hmm. hold to his hand and build your hopes on things eternal because nothing in this life is permanent mm -hmm. in this life mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I wish we had a choir to start singing hold to his hand so churchy. Um, so, Pastor Sean, um, you have shared so many um, amazing, amazing things, and I um, am so blessed, so incredibly blessed to be a part of the Manifest Network and to, I mean, I really believe that God has given you, um, as the Bible says, the tribe of Issachar understood the times. They understood mm -hmm. the time. And I think now we are in such a pivotal moment where as ministers of the gospel, we need to be able to understand the times. Mm -hmm. And um, I am just so blessed to know you, so blessed um, to um, be able to do ministry and with you. And I, I just pray that our listeners really lean into um, what God has shared through you. You know, um, I, I love to say, you know, that was powerful. That was amazing. But at the end of the day, my prayer, my hope is that this will really encourage our listeners in their process. And it will really allow God to really search them and examine them um, and, and to really process with God and, and with another person. So uh, with that being said, Pastor Sean, can you do one more thing? Can you pray for our listeners? I would, I would love, love for you to pray for our listeners. Thank you. I would love to. And thank you for the grace on your life. You're the pastoral grace on your life to hold space. Um, you have an incredible grace on your life to not just hold space, but to create spaces like this, like this one for people to know that it's okay to be in process because discipleship is in process. That's what discipleship mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. It's not destination. It's journey. Uh, Psalm 84 and five says, Blessed is he um, or she whose uh, heart trusts in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, mm. Mm -hmm. on pilgrimage, mm -hmm. on process. So, Father, we thank you for the process. Mm -hmm. um, we trust you in the process. Um, we thank you, Lord, that you know what you're doing. Um, we thank you that you see what we don't see. You know what we don't know. And we thank you that you love us. So no matter what we're experiencing in the process of transition, in the trauma of life, thank you, God, that you're at work in it all. 
if we're experiencing the process of sickness. Thank you that you are healer and deliverer. If we're experiencing the process of emotional pain, thank you that you are the God of peace and the God of comfort. Thank you that if we're experiencing loss, that you are the God who navigates us through grief with love. Thank you, God, that if we're experiencing the joys and the hopes of new beginnings, that you are the God who gives us wisdom and how to steward those moments. And so, Lord, I pray for your people. I pray, God, that they would know your love more deeply, more intimately, more fully, and that that love would transform them into the people that you've created them to be so that they can do what you've created them to do and live the life that you've created them to live and that through their entire story, um, trauma, transformation, transition, all of it, uh, that they would recognize your love and your lordship and embrace the life that is ahead of them. We thank you for the life that lies ahead. We thank you for the hope that we find in Jesus. And so we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Again, if you would like to give to Pastor Sean, if you have been blessed by this um, podcast, I really um, believe um, and am so blessed to be a part of Manifest Network. And so please catch up Manifest Network. You can follow Pastor Sean Marshall on Facebook and Instagram. Um, he is very active and I believe you all will be so blessed if you follow him. Thank you so much, Pastor Sean. God bless you. And um, yeah, so grateful that you were able to join us. And so please, please, please like, subscribe. This is the episode we really want to share with a friend, share with a family member, um, subscribe, do all those things. God bless y'all. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you.